Hi friend, this is Alex McRobbs, founder of The Mindful Life Practice, and you're listening to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast. I'm a Canadian who moved across the world to the Middle East at age 23, and I never went back. I got sober in 2019, and I now live full-time in Bali, Indonesia. I've made it my mission to help other women around the world stop drinking, start yoga, and change their lives through my online Sober Girls Yoga community. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl podcast. It is Friday, and normally this show comes out on Thursday. And first of all, I want to apologize for missing my regular podcasting time. I hope you are not waiting for an episode. (laughs) I want to fill you in on what's going on with me for the past couple of weeks. So it's been a little bit of a hectic time for me. If you follow me on social media, if you're a subscriber to the Mindful Life Practice newsletter, you would already know that two weeks ago on March 15th, I was hit by a car on my motorbike. And it was a pretty traumatic experience. And as a result, things have really shuffled in my life. Things have really changed. And I haven't been prioritizing the things that I used to. I also have a yoga retreat group, which arrived in Bali on the 27th, (laughs) about 10 days after I was hit by a motorbike. (laughs) So I have been managing hosting them while also taking care of my health and things in my life have really shifted. So I want to share with you today in this episode, seven things I learned from being hit by a car on my bike. First, before I get into those seven things I learned, I want to tell you a little bit of the story of what happened. So the 15th of March started out as a totally normal, exciting day. Myself and my new admin assistant, Intan, we headed out to buy new yoga props for the Mindful Life practice. And we were so excited. So we drove down to the city of Denpazar. I had been texting with this company for a long time, actually. And they said, why don't you come into the company just so that you can see everything so that there's no confusion about what you want to order. Like everything's clear. So we set out on our bikes down to Denpazar and we decided to go on our bikes because there's so much traffic in Bali. If you go by car, things take a lot longer. We went down and we checked out everything in the shop. We found beautiful mats, blocks, bolsters, and straps, and we got them all custom imprinted with our logo on them. And then we decided to head back to Ubud. And we left the yoga shop around 4.20 p.m. And Intan, who is my new assistant, she finishes work at 5 p.m. each day. So I said to her, you know, tomorrow you should come into work late since you stayed so late today. And the funny thing is that she ended up working until 1am in the end. (laughs) So we got on the road and we were driving together for about 20 minutes before it happened. And to be completely honest, I can't remember what happened. My first memory is literally being pinned to the ground. And there were 15 people around me speaking in Bahasa or Balinese. People were shouting to stop the car, which had driven off. There were police officers taking photos of the driver's license plates and in tan who was on the motorbike behind me. So thank God she was a few feet away on the motorbike behind me. So she did not get hit. She didn't get injured. Thank God. But she stepped in and saved the day and she pulled the bike off of me. And I, my first memory is that my phone was in the bike cup holder because I had had it connected to my AirPods and I was listening to the Google map instructions. And I remember just being like my phone, my phone and in tan picked up the bike and I hadn't turned off the uh, the ignition. And so she picked it up with the handlebars and it just like flung out of her and thank God I had grabbed my phone. So it was okay in the end. 
And I was just sitting on something like, I don't even know what I was sitting on a bench, wherever people had sat me down, people were trying to hand me water. I was in total shock. I am so grateful that I had a helmet on my head. That's just a side note. The helmet was not properly done up, but it was on my head. Thank God. I honestly think I could have died if I didn't have a helmet on my head. So we got in the car and I was in the car with all of the people that had, that had hit me and they drove me to the emergency room. And when we arrived in the emergency room, I did what I tell my students to do, which is I meditated, I prayed, I surrendered, whatever resonates with you. And I put on a Gabby Bernstein meditation where she was basically, I think she was talking about how obstacles are detours in the right direction. That's my favorite thing to listen to. And I repeated this mantra, which is, thank you universe for helping me see this obstacle as an opportunity. I'll step back and let you lead the way. So in the emergency room, I had x-rays of my ankle and my wrist, both were hugely swollen and my right wrist was fractured. And I was absolutely convinced that my left ankle was broken and I insisted on more than one x-ray, but the wrist was the only thing that needed a cast that was broken. It seems like my ankle was swollen for, from deep wounds. Now I was put under anesthetic and I was put a cast was put in my arm. Now I thought that I had surgery. Like I was describing it to people as having surgery because I was put under anesthesia, brought into a surgery room, you know, in my mind that is surgery. And since then people have said to me, you know, if you didn't have actual pins and screws put in your arm, then it's not considered surgery. I, the point is that I had a pretty traumatic uh, experience, <laughs> whatever words you use to describe it. Then I came out of surgery and I actually had an allergic reaction to the pain medication that they put me in the hospital. So I knew I had an allergy to ibuprofen. I told them that I had this allergy, but I guess they gave me another medication that had the same ingredients. And I had an allergic reaction to my face completely swelled up. And then I had to stay while the swelling went down. And we ended up leaving the hospital around midnight. Now, one of my favorite moments of the whole thing is when the doctor spoke to Intan in Balinese and she went to sign a paper. And when she signed the paper, I thought she told me that she was signing this as her parent, which I thought was so funny. I laughed so hard. Like I thought she was pretending to be my parent signing consent for me to go into anesthesia. And really what she was saying was, I'm signing that I'm going to be your carer. So I'm signing that I'm going to take care of you um, post the medical procedure. And, and that is what she ended up doing. So she did everything from helping me undress at the hospital, bringing and cooking me food, advocating for my needs. And then my friends, Ryan and Nina arrived in Bali for my retreat and they took over. So she got a little time off and now I'm at the retreat center and they're taking care of me. So Immediately when this happened, I honestly wasn't really worried about how this would impact my yoga classes because first of all, being a yoga teacher, you actually don't even have to demonstrate the poses in order to be an effective yoga teacher. You want students to be able to understand your verbal cues. And when I teach live in studio, I actually don't even do the yoga poses that much. I spend a lot more time walking around and giving assists. And the reasons why I do do the poses on Zoom is because I don't have other students around me to demonstrate. And in a real studio, you can see others and kind of figure out what they're doing based on what they're doing. And my teacher, Rolf, has always led his Zoom classes with him speaking and a volunteer student demonstrating. So that's what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks. I have been teaching mostly verbally and Intan has been demoing or Ryan has been demoing. 
And we're actually teaching, side note, we are teaching a amazing Zoom class on Sunday, and it's going to be my birthday slash soberversary party. So fun fact, I am going to be 31 years old and four years sober on April 7th is my birthday. April 13th is my soberversary. And I every year do a party. I'm so excited. We're going to have an official cameraman. It's going to be free for members, 20 bucks for non-members. I would absolutely love if you joined us. And I'm going to have my retreat guests demoing. That's going to be on April 2nd. The second thing that I wanted to share is that I think having an injury is actually making me a better yoga teacher. And so injuries happen all the time and learning how to modify the poses so that I can accommodate for students with injuries is so beneficial. So I actually got up on the day after the accident and I did a no hands yoga practice and I made a video, which I posted on Instagram and I've already had lots of ideas swirling around in my head about what I will continue to make. And I have made already for the membership site. So Another thing that I learned is that this is really an opportunity for me to stand into my spirituality, and that is Sutra 1.30. So Sutra 1.30 outlines the nine obstacles on the spiritual path, and number one is illness or injury. So we are often quick to drop our yoga practice when these obstacles arise, but that's the time when we need our spiritual practice the most. So I got up today and I did a yoga flow with no hands. I used the wall to support me to balance. I modified when I needed to. And the truth is that yoga only works when you show up. So the thing is that even though it can be easy to just stop doing yoga completely when we're sick or when we're injured, it's actually better for our spiritual practice to carry on, but in a modified or different way. The third or the fourth thing that I want to share that I've learned after this car accident is Something about one of our yoga teachers, Kristen, has been teaching with the theme of grief and gratitude often. And I've been really inspired by this. And I've actually written quite a few different posts on Instagram about living with grief and gratitude. And I want to share a little bit about that. So I had a really bad day last week. It was actually last Friday. I was really worried that I had tetanus because I couldn't remember the last time I had a tetanus shot. I woke up feeling really, really sick, really exhausted. I read that if you have a deep wound with metal, then you need to have a tetanus shot no later than five years previously. And I genuinely think mine was maybe already 10 years ago. And my wounds were so deep on my foot that my bone was exposed. And so I ended up going to the hospital, getting a tetanus shot, getting an IV drip. I was absolutely exhausted. And I was so upset. Like I was really grieving doing a lot of things for myself. Like I can't walk very far right now. I can't cook for myself. I can't wash my hair by myself. There's a lot of things that I have lost the ability to do independently, which is really hard. And then on the flip side of that, the following day, I was feeling a lot better. I remember waking up and the sun was rising and I taught this Zoom hybrid class. And then my friend that I met here in Bali, he just drove me around all day. Like he drove me into town. He waited for me while I got my hair washed because I can't wash it at home. And then he took me out for lunch and I ate lunch and then he drove me back home again. And I just have this appreciation because so many people have been going out of their way to take care of me in a way that I just appreciate so much. And people are coming to my house and bringing me food. And I feel like I'm living simultaneously with grief and gratitude, like grief for the independence I've lost and also gratitude for the support and the love that I'm gaining and just accepting the help from people around me. On that note of grief and gratitude, I think I'm learning how to appreciate how to appreciate each moment of my life. So for example, I definitely 
am very lucky that I was wearing a helmet. I actually didn't even have the helmet properly done up on my head. And I, everywhere I go, people ask me what happened to me. And I was walking through the retreat center. One of the staff member here who's Balinese, she said to me, what happened? And I said, a car hit me on my motorbike and she, her face fell. And she said the same thing happened to my brother last year and he died. He wasn't wearing a helmet and I got tears in my eyes and I just have this moment of deep appreciation. You know, I used to live so fast paced, so stressed out, so overwhelmed, massive to-do list. Why isn't this thing done? Why isn't that thing done? Blah, blah, blah. And, and everything shifts the moment when you have this near death experience, like being hit by a car, you just appreciate every single moment of life. You appreciate you know, slowing down and hugging people and laughing with them and being present with them and not looking at your phone. And I FaceTimed all my loved ones the day after the accident. I FaceTimed my uncle for the first time in years. I FaceTimed my dad for the first time in years. I FaceTimed my mom, my sister. I was making sure to connect with every single person in my life. And this is something that I had really gotten out of a habit of doing. It's so important to connect with the people you love. And I've also brought in this real mindfulness around how I work. So prior to the accident, I had been running this huge online platform with all these yoga teachers classes every day at all hours of the day. And the truth is that that has never, ever been a profitable business model. So I'm going to be honest with you. When I look at my financial statements, I usually lose money on that. (laughs) And I lose money on that part of my business because I usually make about $1,000 a month and I pay that $1,000 a month to the person who manages the platform. And that doesn't include the cost to run the app, the cost to run the email, the cost to run the website. So I'm in a deficit every month from that. And I kept doing it because people loved it, because people felt really connected, because people, it was important to them in their life. Yet I was losing money on this and it was stressing me out. I was working late nights. I was, you know, I couldn't even be out to dinner because someone would text me and say they were sick and I would have to run home and sub their yoga class. And it was crazy. I had been thinking and thinking about like, I need to let this go. I need to let this go. I need to let this go. And then the car hits me. I'm flung off the car. And by the next day, I'm like, okay, I'm letting it go. (laughs) I'm letting it go. And I know that our community is going to stay strong despite it. The community is just going to shift. So instead of me having 25 classes a week with yoga teachers all the world, blah, blah, blah. I've chosen two key times that work for the whole world. So there's going to be a yoga class and a sober girls club every single Sunday at 8 a.m. London time and then 9 a.m. London time, which is, I believe, noon or it's 11 a.m. Dubai, 12 p.m. Dubai. And then there's also going to be another one at 6.30 p.m. Toronto, which is 3.30 p.m. in Vancouver, Seattle. Now, this is obviously going to shift as I'm traveling around the world and things change, but this is what I'm doing for April. There are a couple weeks where it's not that way because I have yoga retreats in town. So just check our app. All the classes are there, but I have some amazing guest speakers lined up. I have some amazing themes for classes and I'm really excited about it. And I feel like because I'm reducing and being more mindful about when I'm teaching and how often I'm teaching, you are going to get the best of me. I'm going to have time to actually plan my classes, bring in cool sequences, bring in great themes. So our community is going to stay strong. It's just going to be slightly different. It's not going to involve me working 24 hours a day anymore. I'm done with that. (laughs) And so, you know, as we learn from all these huge things that can be 
really big setbacks. Like, why did this happen to me? Why did I get hit by a car? Why am I not able to do yoga? Why am I in pain? Why am I suffering? We can get into this state of like wallowing in self-pity, or we can stand in our spirituality and be like, what is this teaching me? What am I learning? What am I gaining from this experience? And I'm learning how to move through obstacles. I'm learning how to be a better teacher. I'm learning how to stand in my spirituality. I'm learning how to live with grief and gratitude. I'm learning how to appreciate each moment of my life. I'm learning to slow down and I'm learning some mindfulness around how I work. And what that meant is that, yeah, there was no podcast episode that came out last night. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm enjoying my yoga retreat. I went to the pyramids of chi with them and I just found that getting a podcast episode done in time. So getting a podcast episode done in time was just not my priority with so many other things that I had to do. And so that's part of learning to slow down. And it's knowing that the world is not going to end if that podcast episode is not released at 8pm on Thursday, the way that it has been released for the past three years. And it's okay, the world is not going to end, right? There are bigger fish to fry. And what's more important is that I'm living with joy, living with spirituality, living with presence, slowing down that I'm enjoying the company of my yoga retreat guests when I can. And that I'm not stressing because life is too short to be so stressed. (laughs) So these are the seven things that I learned in this car accident. And I want to share with you a little bit about the main things that I have coming up soon for the mindful life practice. So I've already told you earlier in the episode how the community is going to be restructured. We still have this massive on-demand library and I'm still doing group programs. So if you really want to connect with me, live on Zoom every week, join one of my group programs. We're going to have these amazing tiny containers of sober women supporting each other. And there are two main ones that I want to highlight. Now, the first is the 30-day Sober Girls Yoga Challenge. This is for you if you are just getting sober right now and you don't know what you're doing, you want to support squad around you. We're going to be this tiny group. You will get access to our on-demand platform. You're going to get an amazing platform of yoga classes. You're going to get workbooks that I've made and designed, and you're going to get to join a group meeting once a week. Now we meet on Saturdays at 8 PM Eastern standard time. I have two spots already taken. That means there's only eight spots left and we're starting this program on April 8th. And it's going to be Saturdays at 8 AM Eastern standard, 1 PM British standard time and 4 PM Dubai time. Okay. So that is perfect works across the board for everyone. It's 8 PM Bali time. And this program, the 30 day challenge runs from April 8th to May 6th. The 60 day runs from April 8th to June 3rd. And the 108 day challenge runs from April 8th to July 15th. So if you are really struggling with sobriety, you're looking for a group of women to support you, join the 30 day challenge. Don't miss it. I won't run the next one until probably August or September. So if you are looking for some sober support, get in there, join our group. We can support you. We've got you. And it's an amazing life-changing experience. Now, the next thing is the deep dive into sober yoga. And this is for you if you're a little bit further along. So maybe you're about two months to four months sober and you want to learn how to facilitate women's circles and sober circles and yoga practices for other sober women. And also it doesn't have to be for sobriety based. It can be any any people around the world who want to do general yoga classes or women's circles, the deep dive is that program for you. So this is a six month program and you are going to learn the facilitation skills to support other women on a sober curious journey. Now this program is at 8 PM Eastern standard time on Mondays and we're starting on April 4th. So we're actually starting in a couple of days 
And if you join this program, you will get to be part of this small container. We're going to learn some skills and it's going to be half of the 200 hour yoga teacher training. So if you decide that you want to join my next 200 hour yoga teacher training group, you will already have 50% of the program done if you join the deep dive into sober yoga. So those are my two group programs that are starting soon. I really hope you consider joining. And now there's three in life international programs that I want to mention. So the first is my first ever 200 hour yoga teacher training. And that is starting in May. It's May 1st to May 21st, 2023. And there's a hybrid option, which means you only come for 10 days. I am so excited. It's here in Bali. We have about a month to go until that one. If you have always dreamed of being a yoga teacher, this is for you. Check it out. Come and join us. We have some spots left. I am so excited and it's going to be incredible. The next is the Mexico retreat in June. And we actually have four spots left on the Mexico retreat. It is a summer camp experience. And some of the key members of the Mindful Life Practice community are going to be there who have been with us since the beginning. We'll do campfires, we'll do hikes, we'll do swimming. And the best thing is that I will not have COVID. <laughs> so on the last Mexico retreat, I had COVID. I was banished to a quarantine hut. It was traumatic. <laughs> I will not have COVID. I will not have a broken arm. I will get to be with you the whole time. It is going to be fabulous. So make sure you check out the Mexico retreat. Snag one of the last four spots. We really hope you join us. The final thing that I want to mention is that we have just announced the Sober Girls Yoga Adventure to India. That's March 2024. It's already half sold out. So if you have always dreamed of coming to India, now is your chance. Join our community. Okay, there is my episode for today. That's the seven things I learned from being hit by a car. Please let me know if you enjoyed this episode. Leave a comment, leave a review of this podcast. It would really help me for your support. And join our online community. Become a member. Check it out. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a great week and I'll see you soon. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sober Yoga Girl podcast. This community wouldn't exist without you here. So thank you. It would be massively helpful if you could subscribe, leave a review and share this podcast so it can reach more people. If we haven't met yet in real life, please come get your one week free trial of the Sober Girls Yoga membership and see what we're all about. Sending you love and light wherever you are in the world.